Welcome to The Word, people, where we bring you straight up Sales 411. You get to chill and hang with the best and the brightest in the sales industry. And we don't do it boring, we do it with swagger. So let's go, people, it is on. Welcome, what's up people, welcome to The Word with Keenan on episode, I always screw this up, I don't know why I screw this up, episode 39, 38, what are we on Kiki? 37. Episode 37 on account-based marketing, ABM with Sangram. Sangram, what's up my man, welcome. Thank you so much man, good to be here and you see I support you and uh, we like Boston, so it's pretty cool. (laughs) Awesome. Red Sox. We love it. We love it. Well, folks, this is going to be a good show this week. You know how it is. The word is about providing you actionable, valuable sales insight in a non-boring or traditional way. And today is going to be no different. Uh, But this topic today is a good one. It's a trending topic in the world of sales. And it's a good topic because there's a lot of stuff people are trying to get their arms around. And so when it comes to account-based marketing, account-based selling, account-based everything, we've heard all these terms is saying, flip my funnel. Everybody's running around trying to do it, trying to get their arms around it. So I figured, what the hell? Let's just dive right in and explain it to you and give you some stuff to leave with. So on that note, that note, that note, Kiki, what do we need to do? Any housekeeping, anything we need to do to kick this baby off? So uh, first of all, we you might have noticed we changed our format, something that's been around tried and true and will be around forever, hopefully, uh, go to webinar. So the cool thing with that is anyone who signed up but life happens, you weren't able to make it. Uh, we can email you the recording moving forward, so you'll get that directly in your inbox. Um, per usual, if you didn't originally sign up, you can still find that on YouTube and iTunes. And Sangram has an exciting little uh, Christmas gift or <laughs> holiday gift for us all. Um, for the first five people who tweet hashtag sales jolt, and tag at Keenan and at Sangram Vajra. I'll put that all in the chat. Um, you guys are each going to get one free book. So that goes to the first five that do that tweet. And this book, we'll get into it, but it's been our Bible. We are uh, really starting to implement this ABM into our practice. So highly recommend it. Thank you. All right. Here's the book, peeps. Here it is. For dummies. So the first five people are dummies. You're dummies. <laughs> right. That's okay. That's okay because dummies need to be schooled, right? This is a great book. I read it. It's fantastic. So jump on this, people. See who the first five folks are. So without further ado, let's let's talk to the author himself, Sangram Bajri. What's up, baby? Welcome to the word. Man, I love it, man. I've been hearing about it. I've watched a couple of uh, shows. Not every one of not every one of the 37, but the couple that I've watched is pretty animated. So hopefully I can kind of make sure that the standard that you have for the show, I can bring that energy to this. What the fuck? You haven't watched all 37? <laughs> Are you kidding? Is this some sort of joke? Let me go back. back and watch everything. Yes, you come back when you've read all, watched all 37. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, Mr. Look. Let's have some fun with this. So, so let's let's the expert. Why don't you tell us what is ABM? What do people need? Give us a definition to work with from the rest of the way. Yeah, sure. So uh, I think account-based marketing is a misnomer. Uh, it is not about marketing at all. Uh, it is. It's fun to say ABM, 
just because I think marketers need to get with the program. I think if you talk to any salesperson out there, uh, and then if they're selling anything in B2B, they know that there are 5, 10, 15 people part of the decision-making process. They have never sold to Keenan or to Sangram or anybody. They have closed AT&T or Coke, like they close companies. And companies are made up of multiple people, not just one person. You're not selling a Nike shoe. So from a sales perspective, sales have always taken the account approach. And the second part of that is that uh, we all have been so much focused on emails and calls as if that's the only way to communicate to people, like videos like this and stuff, we're just not, like most B2B companies are just not doing it. So they're not engaging with people on their terms, right? So I think account-based marketing, the reason it kind of takes the cake right now is because marketing needs to get with the program. Marketing has been focused on only emails, only lead generation activities, and they have only focused on what's in your CRM or what's in your marketing automation for, uh, platform, and that's a lead right? Not an account. So they're only focused on that. So it's really a slap in the face for every single marketer to wake up and say that they need to get with the program. Let's help the sales team who are working, they're busting their ass and closing deals out there. Let's give them air cover. Let's give them value. So account-based marketing is really nothing but marketers need to wake up and get with the program. All right. So marketers need to wake up and get with the program. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> so now just for clarification for any marketers listening, this is primarily for B2B, correct? Yes, it is a 100% B2B, and I can go through the whole flip map on our model that will hopefully crystallize the point there. Okay, so with that said then, you, you talk about getting with the program, right? Give us, let's take it down a notch, and give us yeah. some specifics. When you say get with the program, don't yeah. tell me what they aren't doing, tell me what they need to be doing to be with the program. What does that mean, be with the program? Yeah, I'll kind of totally get, get through the program, right? So the number one thing that they need to really focus on is, identifying the right companies, right? If you ask most marketers, like, you know, what not, what they're not doing, just we can talk about that and say, uh, they're not doing uh, probably, you know, more or less, you know, finding the right accounts and focusing on them. But the number one step, every single B2B marketing person need to do, like they have to write it down. If they're not doing this, they, I don't know how they can have their job a year from now. The number one thing they need to do is identify the right accounts they want to go, go after. You know, I think we are in an amazing time where there is no B2B company that can say they don't know who to go after. It's like Yellow Pages. We all know exactly the list of accounts and companies to go after. You know, so why not take advantage of it? So the one thing, uh, we can go into more detail, but the one thing everybody needs to figure out is like which accounts, which companies does everybody need to go after? All right. I like that. I like that. Good call. So. I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go deep on you. So you just yeah. said they need to get the program, and they said they need to go after. But that, you just really called it a tiny little piece here, right? So, yeah. so go go a little more horizontal for me. We'll yeah. go vertical in some of these. But you just said you made the statement that marketing needs to get their act together. And I said, well, what does that mean? And you said, well, they know, need to know who to go after. Come on, you can do better than that, right? There's, yeah. there's more that marketing needs to do. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you. Right. So let's look at like really tangible today. If you ask most marketers like, hey, what are you doing from a marketing program or every dollar that you spend on marketing, where is that going? Um, I think more or less what they're going to say is, hey, here's my budget. Here's what I want to go after. And what we're really trying to say with account-based marketing is that they need to not only know which accounts to go after, but what to do with those accounts. And this is where the beauty is. 
instead of just writing ebooks and webinars and content and blogs that actually just talking to the general mass audience, what marketers need to do in account-based marketing fashion, if they know which accounts they're going after, they will literally create pieces of content specifically for um, the industry that they're going after or the persona that they're going after. So it's no longer about the volume game. It is everything to do with quality of the account that they want to go after, the people they want to go after. So the really one level deep to that is once you identify the right account, now you need to get into saying, what type of content do I need to create to appeal to that one account or one category of people or one vertical? And that is something that most marketers have never not been doing. They have been creating this really broad based kind of content saying hey let's just get as many people as we possibly can if we have 500 people for a webinar it's a success it's no longer about that you can get 50 people that fit exactly your ideal customer profile your icp once you know which those people are you're going into those accounts and really focusing on how we can convert those 50 accounts into opportunities and into up from opportunities to customer and for you to do that you have to create content that matters to them. And in order to create content that matters to them, you have to know who they are. What, what do they like? Um, do they engage on mobile? Then create content that is more mobile-centric, right? If, they want, if you are targeting like IT tech people, they're probably more online on videos and technology is the right thing to do. But let's say they are not online. Let's say they are um, really more focused on you're your targeting hospitals and doctors and nurses. Maybe direct mail is the right thing to do. But the idea of doing the same thing to every single person, no matter who they are, what channel they engage on, what vertical, what industry, what persona they belong to, has to be completely thrown off the window. And what everybody, every marketer needs to get to the program is the idea that we have to tailor content exactly to the persona and exactly to the person that you're talking to so that that person can actually see value in it, as opposed to you just throwing a whole bunch of things at that person. All right, so you still have two two terms, ICP, yeah. buyer persona. Yeah. Tell people what an ICP is, tell people what a buyer persona is, and how do they connect? Absolutely, love that. ICP, ideal customer profile, goes back to the original idea, like everybody got to know which accounts they're going after, which companies they're going after, right? So let's say you're going after, um, let's say, financial services companies, and you're going after Fortune 500, okay? There are only so many companies in Fortune 500 that are financial services, right? That should no longer be, um, you know, something that you have to really think. You can just go to the Fortune 500 uh, Inc. or something and get that list. But the question really becomes is who in that company that you really want to target? So within that Fortune 500 financial services industry uh, set of companies, is it the IT person? That's the persona, the buyer persona. Is that the IT person who is a buyer, right? So the buyer persona is who that person is that is actually going to buy your stuff. And the ICP is the more ideal customer profile is what are the variables that make that person buy your shit? At the end of the day, if all you know is that it's a marketer or a salesperson or IT person who's going to buy your stuff, but you don't know what really excites them, then you have missed the point. So the whole point of creating a buyer persona is to figure out like what are their likes? What do they really engage on? So as an example, really getting tangible here and deep is let's say you're talking to an IT person and if they care and they trust what comes on, what comes from Gartner or Forrester or one of those analyst firms, then the content that you should create is about that, right? Here is what how analyst firm so-and-so said. 
this might be something super useful to it. But you wouldn't do the same exact thing to doctors and nurses, right? So you have to really figure out what your buyer persona looks like. So ideal customer profile is what is, who are you really going after so that you can bucket them and say, that's my target audience, right? And then buyer persona is to figure out what is this person like, right? How do I go deep in this person so I know that I'm creating content that matters to them? Otherwise, it's no good use. Okay, so how do I how do I build an ICP, right? How do I, what are the two or three things I need to do to build an ICP? And then how do I build a buyer persona? Oh man, good, good, good question. It's, it actually came up uh, when uh, Trish and I, Trish Bertuzzi, she and I were doing a event a couple of weeks ago and it actually came out a couple of times and people were asking, well, how do you do that? And the best way, and it, it may, and I'll take it a couple of ways, right? One is if you have a list of customers already, Go and talk to them. I'm blown away by how many people don't even talk to their customers and figure that part out. So figuring out if you are a startup company who have got some traction or a mid-sized enterprise companies, you better have few customers. And if you do have few customers, then you can actually go talk to them and figure this part out. Your customers tell your story better than you do, right? I mean, everybody knows that. So most people miss out on that. So if you have a customer base, so figuring out how to define an ideal customer profile, the most tangible way to go about it is talk to your customers. Hey, why did you uh, choose this? What is the problem that you are solving? We know what problem we are trying to solve for you, but what is the problem that you, in your own words, wants to solve? And that is very important, right? When you capture the essence of that, that becomes your target um, kind of pitch out there in the marketplace. But that's when you have customers. If you don't have customers, now that becomes very, very interesting. Right here at Terminus uh, that I co-founded recently, we had to go and define the problem. And we had to go and start a movement to figure out how do we make sure that the people that believe in this problem will fit our ICP. We didn't know what our ICP was going to be day one. Now we know 300 customers and, and more, but not the very first day. So the way we went about that was, hey, Let's just go find people who want to talk about this problem. Let's find people who believe in this problem and bring them all together online, offline, through community, and then talk about this. And through that, we started to kind of get customers. And we knew, we knew not every customer is going to be equal. Not every customer is going to buy into it. But we really kind of focused on like making sure that they understand the problem we are solving. And then slowly but surely, as we got to like 30, 40, 50 customers, we started to now pick and choose, right? Now we got into this like, all right, this is a good fit customer. Why? Well, because they understand the problem. We both are talking the same language. They have the right resources to go after it. So now what are their characteristics? Oh, they are in high tech. Got it. So we need to go after high tech companies. Oh, they are actually typically a VP and above kind of buyer. Great. We can talk to marketers and managers and below because they may not get the value prop of account-based marketing. We need to start with VP and above. So that become part of our buyer persona. Then deeper than that is like, what are the value that they're going to get if they build account-based marketing? So then we looked at like, what are the benefits for them? And the benefit for them wasn't just dollars and cents, like we're going to drive more revenue. It was more credibility in their, the trust that sales needs to have in marketing that they're doing their job. So that become a big rallying cry. All right, how do we make our customers heroes in their organization? And now that become the way, like every customer wants to be a hero in their organization. So 
you know, kind of answered it two ways. If you have customers, go talk to them. They will tell you the answer on both ideal customer profile and buyer persona. But if you don't, go talk about the problem, not your product, the problem that you're trying to solve. And you are going to find some people that believe in the problem and then will buy the product from you. And then you start figuring out by asking them very deep-rooted questions of what do you like? Why do you like? What excites you? What's the value in it? And that's how you create a real ideal customer profile and a real buy percent. Okay. All right, everybody. Listen, we are talking to Sangram Vajri, author of Account-Based Marketing, which he says it's really not about marketing anymore. Just steal a term out of here. It is uh, marketing. So you're listening to The Word with me and Kiki. And our guest today is Sangram Vajri with Terminus. He is a co-founder and CMO of Terminus, right, CMO? Yep. Boom. Um, and we're talking about how to implement an, an ABM strategy or a ABE, account-based everything strategy. Uh, so we just talked about ICPs and buyer's journey. So let's, let's get into a little more deeper here, my man. Let's talk about... Let's talk about some of the things that really make it unique. Share with yeah. us some of the creative things that organizations have done to, to sort of take, to differentiate them from their account-based marketing strategy to someone else. Give me some oh, examples of some of those high yeah. flyers. I will give you two, I think they're amazing. You, you be the judge and let people be the judge of it, but real companies, real examples, and hopefully it will create some kind of ideas. Um, so WP Engine, this company is based out of Austin. Uh, you were there at the Flipmapper conference. I think you probably heard them speak. Uh, incredibly smart people. They essentially, the big challenge was, hey, nobody that we're trying to target knows about us. We need to figure out that they know about us before our salesperson starts calling, right? So instead of just handing over uh, the list of accounts or contacts to the sales team and saying, hey, sales team, start calling them, they did a phenomenal, brilliant thing that has blown my, our mind and has become the staple of how at least the beginning part of account-based marketing should work in companies. What they did was the head of sales and head of marketing, they both got together and identified a list of 100 accounts, right? And they said, we're going to go after these 100 accounts. And the way we're going to go about this is that marketing needs to do their job of warming up these accounts. Right? This, is a, this might be a new concept to everyone listening. And um, like I, it was a new concept a few months ago when I heard about it. So they said, marketing's job is to warm up these accounts, not the world, the market, these 100 accounts. That's it. That's all we want marketing to do right now. So for the first 40 days, all they did was ran advertising campaigns through Terminus and then LinkedIn, did direct mail, did all kinds of things to warm up these 100 accounts. And when they did, uh, sorry, excuse me. Um, yeah, a little bit of snow. Um, when they, <laughs> when, Show's never bored, baby. Never bored, right? If you're not paying attention, pay now. Uh, so 100 accounts, right? So, so they warmed up those accounts. And then after 30 days, uh, after 40 days, the salesperson were unleashed on those accounts. So now salespeople started calling these accounts. You know what happened? They started to see like double, triple the open rates and click-through rates on the emails that the sales team actually sent. They actually said 50% more demos than they actually said before without warming up those accounts. So the point being that in this particular case, marketing and sales identified the right accounts, warmed up those right accounts across the right channels that mattered, right? Mobile, Facebook, social, web, videos, all those things. 
And they did it in time, right? They made sure marketing does their part and sales got into it. And that way, when sales got to it, they were not just kind of talking for the first time, like, hey, what is WP Engine? These companies have already seen their ad, their message, their email, uh, their direct mail. They have seen enough that they've already checked WP Engine. And now when the sales got reached, it was enough of a reason for them to say, all right, I'll take them or I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you. So does that make so sense? Me, like that one it makes tons of sense. It, yeah. it makes tons of sense. And I want to get to the second example in a second. But share with the audience uh, or the listeners, what was some of the advertising like, right? So how yeah. did they how did they drive the advertising? Was it straight boring advertising? Was there, like, yeah. tell me, talk about that. Oh, man. So they target IT people, right? And the geeks, right? And their ads are really awesome. Um, if I could remember a couple of examples of them, it was like, hey, uh, want to get to your website faster or something like that. Or hey, it was like it kind of almost like had a ton of humor in it, right? All it was to make the other person smile. They were not looking for leads. Like this is very important for everybody to understand. So they there was no call to action. There was no call no, to action. All it was taking them was directly to their homepage of the website. So get this so that they can warm up, right? They can understand what the brand is. Like it's almost like, hey, you don't go on a date and say, I want to marry you, right? I'm sure you've, you know, you've used this example. You just don't do that. So advertising is the same thing in the early stage. It's about warming up those accounts with the message, right? Hey, these guys are cool. They're actually, they're talking to me. Um, they are, they're exciting. They're, the jokes are funny. And it's all relevant because they all feel the pain. So those jokes were there, but the humor was there, but the pain was real. So they were clicking on it and seeing who they are, but they were not doing anything. They were not forcing anybody to do anything. Download my ebook um, or buy now. None of that stuff. As a matter of fact, they did not even have a button on their ad that says click here. It was just a message. All they wanted to do was warm up, right? Help them understand who they are, what the brand is. The message was humor. And that's all they had. And when they clicked on it, it took them to like just web pages and stuff. They were testing many different things. It's like, hey, should we show them? Because they know who these 100 accounts are, they were tailoring those pages too. They want to, when they were going after industries, and this is their next set of things they plan to do. But initially, those 100 accounts, because the test is successful, now they're actually taking those accounts and saying, all right, now next set of 100 accounts, we're going to split it. We're going to go after 50 accounts in this industry, and we're going to even more personalize it about the industry. And now, hopefully, they will see a higher click-through rate and conversation point. But it was it was amazing. All right. So tell us about the other. I, I have some thoughts on this, but tell us about the other, yeah. and then we're going to dig a little deeper. Tell yeah. us about the other one. So the other one, oh my goodness, this is um, this is something goes back to marketing needs to get with the program. So I'm going to ask you a question in a minute here. So tell me, tell me honestly, because you have tons of experience working with sales and organizations to to see how marketing and sales really work, especially in like big companies. Um, tell me a point where you have seen marketing actually doing a ton of activities once an opportunity is created within the sales force. No, never. Once an opportunity is created, no, 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 no. Right, and I think we see that like ninety percent of our customers. That's the number one campaign that drives the most revenue for them is pipeline velocity. So imagine this, all right? So we we talked about demand generation a minute ago. WP Engine doing all this stuff to create demand in the market that they have no idea. Like those hundred accounts may never be ready to buy, right? Their best fit that they're going after. But for whatever reason, you can't force anybody to buy if they don't have the budget, right? even if they're best fit, right? But if it's a pipeline, if it's an opportunity, the chances of them buying, they're going to buy from you or they're going to buy from your competitors. You already know that, right? So when you know that, 
why shouldn't you do everything you possibly can to close that deal? Like it makes no sense, right? Why would everything that we need to do, if, if you look at pipelines, and I'm sure you look at companies' pipelines and you look at like, oh my goodness, if we just focused on this pipeline and even close 10 more percent or 5 more percent than what we close today, we don't have to worry about the revenue that we'll have at the end of the year. Everybody knows pipeline to revenue is a big, big challenge. So the pipeline velocity is a real account-based kind of revenue engine that is almost untapped by most companies. And here it out works. Um, let's say you have, as soon as in Salesforce or CRM, whatever CRM you use, let's say an account turns into an opportunity, all right? Now, you know a few things that nobody can dispute. And if people are disputing on it, then you know, they're willing to go back to drawing board. But something that you can dispute on is that, one, they're a good fit account. If they were not, why the hell are they opportunity, right? So that already is taken care of. Second, you already know what your typical um, uh, sales cycle look like, 60 days, 90 days, 120 days. So you can actually put a box around this campaign saying that, all right, we're going to look at the value of this campaign in the next 120 days because that's what our sales cycle is. You, can't, you shouldn't be able to dispute with that. And the last thing and the most important thing, I guess, in all of this is that you know that that account is in market to buy. Because if that hasn't been done when the opportunity was created, then I have no idea why the salesperson, we need to kind of go back. Like we really, really drill on this is that if a salesperson creates an opportunity, they better be in a market to buy and they better have a reason to buy, right? So if that is true, if those three assumptions are true, then the question becomes, why the hell are we not doing everything we possibly can to close that deal? Why is it only up to the salesperson that poor one guy or gal who's trying, who's working really hard with that one contact and is trying to close the deal? And that could be a $100,000 million dollar deal. Marketing can play a major role on it. So imagine as soon as an opportunity is created for the life of that 120 days of the sales cycle, Marketing is doing the same things that I just talked about from a demand generation perspective, but now they become more personal because they know who they are. So they can create ads across all these different channels on to those accounts that are turned into opportunity. Very easy. It won't change anything for the sales guy. Sales guy doesn't have to worry about it. He can do what he wants to do or she wants to do. And marketing can run an air cover campaign for the opportunity. That's one. Two. There's not, we see the greatest win rate that we see with our customers is when we send that ABM book. We're trying to sell a product on ABM. I wrote a book on it. Hopefully people who look at it say that all of these guys have some credibility in the market. Our direct mail plus advertising has much higher win rate than salesperson going solo every single time, every single deal. So what we have done is created this playbook of as soon as an opportunity comes together, Everybody gets together, sales and marketing and customer success. Everybody comes together because we know the chances of that deal closing and to a competitor is much higher up there in the market to close. I want to focus on it. And we have seen customers after customers. Intuitive is a great case study for this. Uh, Domo just started um, who's doing this thing, Everstring. They're like amazing, incredible, like Tata Communications and some of these customers. All they're focusing on is that how do I take this massive pipeline and turn it into revenue and marketing and play a big role in it? All right, so so this is all awesome, right? This is all how it's done, but this is where it seems to be the rub hits the road. There's a lot of there's a level of creativity that's involved yeah. here to effectively e execute these, and I'm not sure companies have that level of creativity. I don't know that companies can think like that. How do you actually? Okay, so you have a book. If you didn't have the book, what would you do? 
right? Are you going to create oh. an ebook and everybody's already downloaded that? Like, so give people, you know, how do people build the 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 creative mindset? How do they structure yeah. their environment so that they can come up with this stuff and create this stuff? Because when I help my clients build their ABM strategies, that's the hardest thing. A lot of times I'm doing it, and although I don't mind, sometimes I'm not the best one because I don't know their business like yeah. they do, right? Oh, you, I mean, totally, right? But what you're asking is, marketers need to do their job, right? I mean, that is kind of their job, right? The salesperson's job is to close deals. Yes. The marketer's but job is to be creative. Here's the but. Marketers were not built, designed, and trained to do this type of targeted, targeted, individual-based level, content-driven marketing. So you're at, so it's sort of like saying, well, hey, your job was to play football, and you're an athlete, but yeah. now I'm asking you to play soccer. You're still an athlete. you got to run fast, but now I'm asking you to dribble the ball with your feet, right? That That's a different – no matter what they were taught, that's a different mindset. How do you help them transition to right. think and understand to build this type of stuff? Now, I, that's a great question, and I, I totally, totally believe, and I say I understand the pain there. But I also feel like that's exactly what uh, what their job has was always. But they got really, really sidetracked by this legion ma machine that they all have to create. But I'll give you examples of how markets can get creative because I think that's really where you're getting at. So yeah, no, not kind of, just actually, yeah, that's exactly. What I'm getting at. <laughs> uh, so 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 here, and I'll give you like concrete examples on some of these things that that uh, that I've seen companies run right. So a classic example is a good friend of mine. I think you know Joe Chernoff, who's running the VP of marketing at Inside Square, right? Um, and and they're selling a you know a sales dashboard tour, right? So really tall, you know, if anybody's a dude sell, that's all tatted up, right? He's a dude that's all, all tatted, tatted up. up. Yeah, he and I have crossed paths. We haven't met each other personally yet, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's in Boston. Amazing guy. He was with HubSpot. Like great, great guy. Like he he led the content. He led the whole inbound stuff and everything, right? And he's now a, one of the greatest ABM champions. And he gave a talk at one of the conference, conferences on how you can take the content philosophy, which is the world all marketers have been living in, and apply to ABM, which is where you're exactly taking this conversation to. What he said was like, like incredible, right? And he went through a few examples that I'm about to go through. He said, all right, instead of putting so much emphasis on creating four or five pieces of blogs, and five, four white papers every single quarter and doing 20 different webinars. Like this is what marketers have been trained to do for the last like 10 years, especially last five years. Instead of doing that, take all that horsepower that you have and the, and the muscle that you have to build all those things and take a really ratchet back and, and, and take a step back to this and look at saying, at the end of the day, what you're doing is creating content, right? And if you're creating content, you haven't really gone after the right audience. You just felt like this is, we're talking to all salespeople, so let's just create the sales guide, but you really haven't talked to sales ops because they are the real buyer, right? So first distinction he made was that go, you know, it's not a big difference in what they have been doing and what we're asking them to do is, uh, is instead of going after the entire sales op, you know, sales function, and that's what your target audience was, now we are saying that, hey, ask one more deeper level question. Train your mind to do that, right? Ask one more question, right? The, the whole idea of like ask three times why, and then you get the answer. So that's what this is. So the first one is like, all right, who in sales, right? And then you're like, all right, uh, not everybody in sales is, is going to be responsible for inside square tool. It's going to be the sales op guys. All right, cool. So instead of going after the entire sales, we're going to go after sales ops. Great. Now create content for sales ops. So that's one step, right? How you change uh, the shift in, in thinking about it, right? 
The second he talked about- But that's about my buyer persona. You just described the buyer persona piece, right? So I should already have that if I've done that. Right, but okay. you, people are trained to go broad. And now the question you asked was, how do we get people to kind of get back into like, how do you, how do we narrow their scope, right? And what- No, how do was, I get creative? How do I get creative content? Like how do yeah. I come up with stuff that they're going to want to read? How do I develop? Yes, keep going. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I tell you, and I hope I had a very like, you know, wait, hey, here's how you do it. I don't think that is a very kind of, just is how you do it. But I'll give you examples of how creative thinking process has helped companies. So going back to Inside Squared, what they did was they looked at literally all the closed lost opportunities and they said, all right, they did a research analyst around it and saying that, all right, these companies that we lost deals with, fine. It's been six months. This is the time typically when people start to value, uh, evaluate if, uh, if that has been working for their competitor because they clearly chose a competitor over their company. What they would do is literally send them a direct mail that says that, have you seen value in this thing and come running back at, uh, to us? And they would actually send a Nike shoe uh, for running back, right? So super creative. Right. And, and, and instead of uh, actually sending, I actually jumped over there. Instead of sending a Nike shoe, what they would say is that give me a number, the size of your shoe, and I'll send you a, a Nike shoe that will help you come running back to Inside Square. Right. And I think that was brilliant. Yes. Right? So they, it, it was, it's the creative idea, like ideas like that. So we do something ourselves here at Terminus. What we would do is we would essentially send it to uh, uh, somebody saying that we got Terminus socks. Um, and we'll say, hey, here are the socks we want to send you. We will knock your socks off if you would give us a chance to show how our product works. And they would, nine out of 10 times, they would just laugh about it and say, all right, send me the socks. I'll give you 20 minutes and see what it's all about, right? So these are all just becoming the mad men again, right? I think it's almost like B2B people, the marketers need to have this B2C mindset because all of this, what I'm talking about is actually B2C. It is how do you emotionally connect? It's not, you're not setting to a wall. All right, say that again. There's, there's a tweetable, everybody. If you've been looking for yeah. a tweetable, it, yeah. ABM is B2B marketing with a B2C mindset. I like that. Yeah, it is because it is all about that human connection, right? The shoe, the socks, the book, um, the, you know, the gadgets or whatever it is that actually connects the emotional aspect of that stage, wherever your buyer is, is what you need to do. And it needs to be, freaking cool otherwise you know you're just wasting people's time and money and all that stuff but it takes creativity okay so have you read i know i sent you a copy or at least i've connected the two of you Stu heinick oh I, I talked to him last week for for like an hour okay. all right so i connected you two so i'm glad you two finally got connected he calls it contact marketing and yeah. his entire book is about this ability to 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 really narrow down a target at the person layer he doesn't call it by a persona but that's what he's trying to say in the book and yeah. whether it's 10 15 20 people that you want to just target and get in front of and come up with the most outlandish creative ways to get their attention based on what's important to them so tell yeah. me a little bit about how first off since you've talked to him or since you've read a book engaged how have you embraced or adopt, do, you, do you even buy into what he's doing and, and as part of abm and then if so you know talk about how you've embraced that and embedded that into the abm concept because it really wasn't there in the beginning yeah. when i read his right. book i was like dude you talked to the wrong people Stu. you need to get into the abm world you are you yeah. are the perfect fit outside of the box i think like i think i would ask this question at every single conference that we do is how many think direct mail is back and every single person raises their hand and said, yes, direct mail is back. 
right? And the reason it's back is because it cuts through the noise uh, when people are trying to get to you with like 20 emails every single day. Um, when I talked to Stu last week, he actually sent me the book a week ago. So really uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So I read his entire book the thanks, during the Thanksgiving weekend. Amazing book. We went through like examples uh, in our conversation last week. Um, and I, I think it's a combination of this high tech and high touch activities happening at the same time. Let me kind of uh, say it again and kind of phrase it out a little bit better. It's the idea that you want your customers to think about you in the shower, right? It's about to get creepy, right? You want do you think customers. about me in the shower? Do you think about me in the shower, Sandra? Do you? Come on, I mean, baby. You want your customers to think like, uh, like example is, let's say, you know, how many brands can you think about when I say that? Tell me number of brands you know um, that are uh, in the shoe industry. And I think most people would come up with like, Nike is default, and then they may go down to Reebok, Adidas, and stuff. But they're all distant second, third. And after three, they don't even remember. Maybe somebody will say Puma or something like that. But most people don't remember. What has happened, going back to the B2C mindset, is that these brands have connected with you so emotionally that when you think about buying a shoe, you think about Nike, no matter what, right? That's what we need to do in B2B. When somebody thinks about ABM, for example, I want them to think about Terminus, no matter what. When somebody thinks about a specific problem that you are solving, if you have done your job of connecting with them, surrounding them with this high-tech advertising model so that you're in front of them without like being like too many emails, it's surrounding them across ads and all that stuff. And then also doing this high-touch direct mail, you're now surrounding them. You are making them think about you in the shower. Did you see he didn't skip a beat as I was doing all of that? It was, I was serving the sales guy logo. And he's like, you want them to remember you. I'm doing a van of white pointing to it. And he doesn't budge. He just kept flying. That was impressive. All you and I do, you miss that. If you watch this on video, it was funny. But Sangam just, just, he powered right through. You can't distract this man. He's like a pit bull. He's on target. That's but I love shit. this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what makes it beautiful is this high tech, high touch combination happening at the same time. Man, it's beautiful. No, it, 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 I think there's a lot of literature. I think there's a lot for people to learn. I think also it gives, I think buyers appreciate it more because it's not wasting buyers time. They, they have a sense of feeling that you actually know who they are and you're giving them their problems to just do. You're not just pestering them or, or interrupting them with nothing of value. So you could almost call it value-based marketing, right? It's when I- Yeah. Yeah, no, yes. absolutely. I think when, when I heard Stu, and, and again, thank you so much for introducing me to him. I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't say that earlier, but like amazing guy. Love to stay in touch with him even more and, and do stuff together. Um, but it is, it is exactly that. It is value, right? But you're cutting through the noise. Every single person, if I have to ask, like, hey, what is your biggest challenge today? Everybody has the same exact thing. And they may articulate it in many different ways. But the number one thing is that how do I cut through the noise? How do I make sure that they actually give me five minutes of their time? And the answer to any of those questions is not another damn email or another damn phone call. It is more than that. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. We are here with the word, a jolt of sales 411 with Sangram Vajri. And of course, my girl, Kiki, Kiki, be more. Sangram is the author of account-based marketing for dummies. Did we get five dummies yet, by the way, Kiki? Did you see that? Four dummies. We've got one more left. Uh, we got four dummies. One more. If you want it, tell them, Kiki, how can they get a free copy of the book? So just so you know, everything is spelled out in the chat, but you can 
tweet hashtag sales jolt and then copy or tag Sangram Vajre and at Keenan. And there's one more left. So get on. Get on it. Come on. Who's the next dummy? Come on, dummy. <laughs> dummy. All right. right. So, so do we have any questions, Kiki? Anybody jumping in with any questions? We have not received any questions yet, except I had a buddy, one of the guys claiming the the, the book, Dan Frost, I think he had to pop off because he had a meeting, um, but he wanted to know if Terminus was hiring. <laughs> oh, I like this guy. He doesn't mess around. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. We're always hiring, no doubt. We, uh, we kind of went from, you know, Keenan, you know this, like we've been very lucky, very fortunate uh, to grow the company at the scale. We're at about like 100 people now. Uh, we're always we're always hiring, so love love you know send 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 That's a tweet to me and I will follow up. Cool. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right, Sangram. So one quick question, then we're gonna wrap up here. Who is ABM Marketing for? Is it for everybody? Every company? Not every company? Here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use your own language on you. What is ABM's ICP? Ideal customer I player. You yeah, like that? I love that. I love that. So I think, well, I know this is, I, ABM is not for SMB. It's just not. Like, and I wanted to say that before I got into like, who is it for is because if you are an SMB and if you're trying to sell to, um, to just like one or two people companies, you don't need to do ABM. You just need to go talk to them, right? You need to do a whole bunch of other things, but it is not. Okay, so clarity, for clarity, yeah. it's not to target SMB. Correct. I yes. heard that it is not for SMB companies to employ. No, so, no, it's not. You're okay. right, you're right. Thanks for clarifying. Okay. So let's flip the script. Who yeah. is ABM for to use? What type of company should be using it? Big, yeah, yeah go. Yeah, so if you're targeting mid-size enterprise companies, if even even if that's not the case, if you know, like there's a there's a customer of ours, they only sell um, like airplane parts, right? And you can imagine there are only like so many companies that are actually going to buy from them, right? So if you know your target audience very well, like and it's it could be a list of hundred companies, right? There are companies who whose entire market is Fortune 500 companies, and that's it, and that's all their ICP looks like, right? If you know what that audience look like, or if you're in a more transactional and scalable and like bigger market business, if if you if you can if you want to target mid market or enterprise companies, where the reason I say mid market and enterprise is because you gotta have enough number of people in that company to put your message in front of them, or do the value or the value of that deal for you should be enough. For you to do so much advertising, so much direct mail, or any of these activities, it is really for companies who know who your target audience is, and specifically what we have seen success with are the companies that are targeting mid-sized and large enterprises. At the same time, let me kind of also say because we are learning as we're going through this, right? You know, we we did not assume anything, and then we found something, and we're going after it, and we learned something new in the last couple of weeks. I learned this, which was very uh, eye-opening for me. It was. First of all, as soon as something comes up, typically uh, it's always the high tech companies who want to give it a shot, right? So we always have their early adopters by by no, like obvious, right? So most of companies who start selling anything in MarTech or you know in just technology, you typically find 100, 200 customers just because they're going to try whatever you want to sell, right? That's just early adopter syndrome, just how it works. Uh, being around, seeing that two, three times now. 
But then what we're seeing is the customers who are really successful are the old guys, the guys that have been around, like the IBMs of the world, the Tata Communications of the world, uh, who have been there for 100 years or so or longer or like 40, 50 years. And they have they the infrastructure. Know, they have they the infrastructure. They not only have the infrastructure That's, to them. Yeah. The beautiful thing is they know exactly who they're going after. They don't, they don't, and they have all of these things in place. They have uh, the people in place like, hey, you're going to go after these strategic 50 accounts. They already know that somebody's doing that. But instead of just running events and dining and whining and all that stuff, now they can uh, deploy direct mail and advertising at scale with those accounts. So they already have gone through. So it's no surprise to them. And that has been a big revelation for me is that, it was the early adopters who are excited about us are the people who are like just high tech companies. But the real success that we're seeing is with companies who are already been doing this, but they have been doing this in a manual way. And now we're helping them automate. it. Got it. Got it. All right. I love it. Good, good stuff, my man. I really appreciate it. Um, in So everybody, this is Sangram. You can find him on Twitter at Sangram Vajri, I believe, right? Yep, that's right. Okay, at Sangram Vajri. You can get him on LinkedIn. You know how to figure out LinkedIn. So follow him. He is also the CEO, um, CMO of Terminus Founders. So you can find him on Terminus. And like our boy said, if look, they're hiring. So if you're interested, go find him. If you are looking to uh, implement or uh, implementing an a ABM strategy, you need to leverage Terminus for your advertising platform. They will get it done. Uh, what am I missing, Kiki? Am I missing anything? And if you weren't one of the lucky ones to, to receive a free copy of the book, um, I'll drop the link for his Amazon page so that you can pick it up. It's, it's reasonable and it's, I mean, we're literally our Bible is uh, going into Q1 of 2017. So pick it up. Highly recommend it. All right. So with that, Sangram, how do you want to leave folks? What do you want them to leave with? Oh, man. Deep question there. I'm... I think, and I've said this before, I actually wrote a blog that just went live on Salesforce today uh, about that ABM is a state of mind at the end of the day. It's just literally a state of mind. You know, through everything we got, like if every single one person out there today listening to this or, you know, following this, this conversation, if you throw everything and start with a whiteboard and say, start over how I want to market myself, I bet the first question that's going to come out of your mouth is, who are we targeting to? And that's what account-based anything is all about. That's what B2B marketing and sales is all about. So it's a mindset. We need to get back into it. It might seem like it's hard, it's difficult, it sounds complicated, it seems too creative. It's not. It's actually going to free you up from doing all the bullshit that we have been doing and get to the heart of the people that actually care about the problem you solve. And it's a mindset that's going to take you far. Boom. Boom. Well done, my man. Well done. This has been a fantastic show. I've been quiet this show because you have had a wealth of knowledge bombs and I did not want to get in the way. So thank you very much, Sangam. I really, really appreciate it. This is fantastic. Again, y'all, if you want more on ABM, you can go to Sangram and Terminus, uh, Terminus.com. You can follow Sangram on Twitter. You can follow him on LinkedIn. And there are a million other resources out there. 
around account-based marketing, account-based selling, account-based everything. Also, I was neglected to say Stu Hynek's um, book is called How to Sell to Anyone. If you are executing an ABM strategy, you must get that book. It will help you with the creative elements of coming up with campaigns that will get you in touch with the people that you need to get in touch with in a very targeted, cost-effective way. Uh, all right, on that note, so episode 38 of the word. Kiki, do we have that lined up? Do we know who our number 38 is? Or we? We are still working on getting it uh, booked in January. So okay. we're going to be right, starting off before the end of the Yes, the I can't promote it. Yes, I'm out for the end of the year. I am going on my annual two-week pilgrimage where I basically go. I don't go off the grid, but I get stopped working. I ski about 15, 20 days, and I just live a lot. I drink lots of eggnog, listen to lots of freaking holiday music and i just awesome. chill out mm-hmm. so you yeah. all see me on social you know how to find me you'll see my christmas tree my train that goes the bottom of my christmas tree i film that all <laughs> so the time cool. i love that little sucker <laughs> listening to my johnny <laughs> mathis christmas so that's where i'll be for the next week everybody <laughs> happy holidays merry christmas happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa and whatever else you celebrate enjoy it with family until the next word peace i'm out thank you So just chill to the next episode.